Thank you, Lord. Well, it's been good so far, but let's get into some Word, all right? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2 today. 1 Peter chapter 2. We began a new series of messages last week. If anyone missed that, please avail yourself to it on the website. It's free, so no excuse. Uh, no reason to be behind, no, re- no, no, no reason to be ignorant of the things of God, the Word of God, and, uh, and the direction that we're going. Uh, and I want to continue and pick up along these lines today and read our, our, our verse here in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. It reads this way, You also, as living stones, how many know living stone is better than dead stone? Uh, living stones are, are, are being built up a spiritual house. What kind of house? Spiritual. We should always continue to recognize the spiritual element of what God is doing in our lives. It's not all natural, it's spiritual. A, a, a holy priesthood. All right, we're being built up what? A, a holy priesthood. We, we mentioned to you last time that if you have no understanding at all of the Old Testament or the first part of your Bible, that side of the book, then you might not recognize when the Bible speaks of us as a priesthood or as a holy priesthood. You might not even understand what that's talking about. Uh, But one of the things that priests would do continually is they would offer up sacrifices to the Lord. They would bring offerings to the Lord repeatedly. A lot of their job was doing that. Okay. Now, now in the New Testament, we're called that. We are called the holy priesthood because now we offer, as it says, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are now the holy priesthood in the new covenant. And one of our primary jobs, if you will, one of the things that we exercise and engage our lives with is to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. Some, some of my say, I didn't even know I was supposed to be doing that. Well, now you know. <laughs> it's good to be in the know. We know that we are supposed to be offering up spiritual sacrifices. That was one right there. I think. No. <laughs> uh, spiritual sacrifices to God. Amen. Now, a spiritual sacrifice to God uh, through Jesus Christ, of course, is, is not narrowly defined. Meaning, it's not just talking about a financial offering. It would be talking about many types of offerings. We offer many things up to the Lord. We, off, we offer spiritual sacrifice in, in many ways. But this is interesting. It's acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, meaning there is a way for someone to do this outside of Christ and not through that means that would not be acceptable to God. In other words, a person could endeavor to give something to the Lord and him not receive it. Okay, that, that's a possibility. We want to avoid that. But if you think about it, I know sometimes individuals think sacrifice is just maybe an Old Testament concept because we know we're not sacrificing for our sins anymore. But it, you can see that it, it is still, and you can read it in other places in the New Testament, sacrifice is still a Christian principle that we give up things for the benefit of the kingdom, for others. I, you know, I, I like baseball. And in, in baseball, how many know there's, there's a, a time when an individual is called, when a person going up to bat, they're, you know, they're given the signals and so forth to, uh, uh, to lay down a, a, a sacrifice bunt. 
or in some cases, you know, there can be a sack fly. But what, what, what are they doing? Oftentimes it's, you know, in a low-scoring game or towards the end of the game, and they have a runner at first base, and they need that runner to be in scoring position, which is second base. And, and, and so they will give up themselves. That hitter will give up his opportunity to, uh, you know, to get a base hit. Uh, to drive it hard, and he's going to sacrifice his at-bat for the sake of moving that runner over. Or sometimes, you know, sack fly can ring a, a runner in from third base. Uh, but but how, how many know that that can be not necessarily beneficial for that hitter at the moment, but it is beneficial for the team, all right? It's a team player. They're giving up their own personal stats, Okay, an opportunity to get a hit and so forth. Uh, actually, the way it run, runs in the stat line is it, when they're successful, they are zero for zero. So it doesn't even count against them in, in, in their batting average. Uh, but that's necessary. One person gives something up so the team can win. Do you think we ought to have that mindset in the body of Christ? That sometimes, uh, well, I'm not going to gain from this. I'm not going to benefit. I'm not going to get any acknowledgement or praise. But the team's going to win. And if we think that way, and not just the team here locally at Life Church, but the body of Christ at large, okay? Uh, we're, we are not all, thank God heaven's going to be a few more people than us. You know, uh, we, we need to be team-minded, uh, have that mindset for the whole body of Christ all around the valley and, of course, across the world. We want the body of Christ to succeed. And so if we have to give something up for, for, for that now and then, man, that's, a, that's, that's acceptable to God. All right? It's one of those sacrifices that he's pleased with. But we should have this in operation in our life. Now, last week, I reminded you about the Lord's involvement in our offerings. And offering just simply means that you offer something to him. You're offering it up to God. Uh, we are not just giving to a person. When we give, we are not just giving to a church. Uh, we are giving to God. That should always be in our consciousness. We should be mindful of, of His acceptance of our sacrifice. And, and again, recognize the principle that He could accept or He could not accept. And this is what I want to uh, delve into a little bit deeper here today and consider the possibility of us giving something to God and He says, no, I don't like that. Now, why do I want to say that? If I'm aware of that possibility... I want to seek to understand how God thinks. I want to approach Him on His terms, not say, well, bless God, this is just the what, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I am. This is what I feel like doing. No, that's a rotten attitude. I want to know, Father, what pleases you? What do you like? If I'm getting involved with this and I'm being involved in a church and I'm involved in the family of God, the body of Christ, if I do certain things that you don't like, I want to know about that. That's the way I feel. I want to know because, you know what, I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that. But if I find out that certain things are acceptable, pleasing, well-pleasing to him, I'm going to engage in that in a more frequent, uh, you know, opportunity. But also, I'm going to be thrilled about it. Man, I'm doing something that God's liking here. He's accepting. He's receiving. It's one thing to give. It's another thing to receive. I mean, if I were to offer you a gift and say, hey, I want to, do, I want to give this to you. How many know that's, that's not the end of the story? It starts with the offering, but then there also must be a reception for that thing to be complete. Uh, Jesus was the great sacrifice, the offering, the once and final offering for our sins. How many know that's not the end of the story, though? It is from God's side. He gave, but we still have to receive that offering. 
Okay, so there's always a giving and receiving side, and it's not just God gives and we receive, it's also we give and God receives. And he literally does have respect for some gifts and not others. Okay, and if we understand his, his thinking, his mentality regarding this, then we can always be on the right side of this, uh, of this story. Okay, I, I want to look at, um, at Malachi chapter 1 today. Ma- Malachi, it's the last book of the Old Testament. And, and understand this, that while I discuss these, these principles, my goal in this is not to get everyone to give more. My goal is, is for all of us that give, that we would do so in an acceptable way, that, that, that we would give acceptable offerings to the Lord, not just be going through the motions or fulfilling an obligation or a duty or doing something that really doesn't catch the heart of God. In, in Malachi chapter 1, I want to read today uh, from the, in this particular passage, the New Living Translation, NLT. So if you have that, good. If you don't, I think we can put this one up on the screen. Malachi chapter 1 and verse uh, 6 reads this way. The Lord of heaven's armies says to the priests, okay, so you can see who he's talking to in the old covenant, says to who? The the priests. And and that would relate to us in the new covenant, all of us, not just a select few. He said, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. If I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? What's the Lord looking for here? Honor and respect. Uh, You have shown contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. How did they show contempt? With their offerings. Then you ask, How have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. Now stop right there for a moment. He said, you are saying this. Now, were they verbalizing that? I don't know if they actually said the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. But they were certainly saying that by their offerings. Okay? That's what they were communicating. You know, that does spill over in today's time for sure, because, you know, sometimes individuals look at their giving to God. And, you know, and by the way, our giving to God is not just a church environment thing. Our giving to God includes giving to people as he directs us to give. That's also an offering to the Lord. Okay, so just want to get the full scope of, uh, of this. But when, when an individual despises and has no respect for times of giving and offering and sacrificing to the Lord, uh, that's showing the Lord disrespect. And people will treat, they say, well, that, that stuff isn't important. Here we go again. Here we go again with another offering. Every time we come to church, they're taking up another offering. Well, what does the Lord think about that? That, that should be our question. And many times people, they just go right to man. They think that's man's idea. That's a, a, an organization's idea. That's a preacher's idea. Is it? Or, or, is, or is it a God thing? And that's what we should be asking. What does the Lord think about this? And sometimes we look at it so naturally and carnally minded and we despise it. And we think, why don't they hurry up with this? Why don't they take in so much time? Here they go talking about that again. Listen, who are we talking about here? We're talking about the Lord. 
And many, many in my position become intimidated by that. Because people make threats and they complain and they gripe and get angry about this kind of stuff. But, but what are we supposed to be focused on? I mean, I think we should be concerned about what the Lord is pleased with. More, more than anything else. Hallelujah. Uh, he says the altar deserves no respect. Verse 8. When, when you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor. See how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all? Asks the Lord of heaven's armies. <laughs> That's strong language, huh? Man. Verse 10, how I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. Would someone please close up the building? Stop them bringing these lousy, pathetic animals and bringing these pathetic offerings to me? That's the Lord talking. He said, I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will not accept your offerings. Now, now, now check that out. Were the offerings given? Were they received? No. So that's not automatically the same thing. Not just because something is given to the Lord is something received by the Lord. And this is a primary example. He said, no, I'm not taking it. Yeah, you burned it up. You offered it on the altar. But it didn't mean anything to you. It doesn't mean anything to me. He said, I'm not taking it. Yikes, man. I hate the idea of doing religious activity that is of no value. Of exalting a requirement. Of exalting an obligation. And just going through the motions and doing things. But in heaven, it is worth zero. Man, I don't want any of that. I don't want that in my life. Jesus talked about it when he, when he talked about the people standing on the street corner praying and, and praying loud and repetitious prayers. They said the same thing over and over and over and over again. And, and it was in vanity. It, it had no purpose. It served no value. It didn't have a, content, a, a connection with God to where power would be released. I don't want to give. I don't want to pray. I don't want to come to church. I don't want to do anything unless it's the right thing, unless it's a value, unless it produces in my life or somebody else's life. And most certainly and first on the top of this list is that God is happy about it. He's pleased in receiving all of my efforts and sacrifices towards him. Hallelujah. Verse 11. But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. Or the Hebrew, sometimes some believe it should say will be honored. Uh, all around the world they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you dishonor my name with your actions. By bringing contemptible food, you are saying, it's all right to defile the Lord's table. You say, it's too hard to serve the Lord. And you turn up your noses at my commands, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Think of it. Animals that are stolen and crippled and sick are being presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these, asks the Lord. And so we can see what they were doing. They were bringing their leftovers, weren't they? 
they're bringing, ah, I've got, you know, their, their sacrifices were animals. They were bringing animals. They got their herds, their flocks, and they got their nice ones. They got their healthy ones. They got the ones that produce, the ones that are of great value. And then they got the other ones. This one's missing an eye. This one's crippled. This one's lame. Uh, this, they, they're basically not worth anything. They're getting ready, you know, we're getting ready. They're about to die anyway. And, and it's sacrifice time. Grab those. Let's bring those and offer those to the Lord. That's what they were doing. They were taking stuff that wasn't of value to them and saying, we're going to give that to God. Doesn't he know? That's no sacrifice at all. They're not giving anything up for his name. They're not valuing God by giving up something that is valuable to them. And I tell you, that's what moves the heart of God. If it means nothing to you, it means nothing to him. Someone said, ah, here we go with that offering stuff again. Fine, here's my five bucks and, and uh, let's keep going. Keep your five bucks. Unless, unless for some that might mean something. If that means something to you, then it means something to God. You understand what we're talking about? But the Lord was not pleased with them. But it seems that they felt as, you know, they were fulfilling their obligation. But it had no value. Amen. Are we just fulfilling a duty? Are we giving something of value? Well, I don't have really much use for this anymore. Let me see if I can bring it over to the church. See if they need it. Because it's of no value to you? How about you take it to the trash? <laughs> I remember hearing one one uh, individual. Uh, he was pastoring a church, and and they, he, some people stopped by his house, and and they said, Pastor, we're cleaning out our house and our stuff, and we were heading over to the dump. And on the way over there, we thought, Well, I wonder if Pastor could use this. <laughs> and, and literally, so they said, well, we, So we brought it over to you. Really. They thought they were doing a, doing a good thing. If it's junk to you, do not give it to the Lord. So I wasn't giving it to the Lord. I was giving it to the person. Whatever you've done unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Huh? Hallelujah. Well, I got all this junk. I'm, how about we send it to the missionaries? You know, no. No. You're giving of your heart. If it means something to you, then it means something to the one receiving it. And ultimately, it is the Lord. The Lord said he would not accept these offerings. So it makes us ask the question regarding our own sacrifices, our own giving. Is the Lord receiving it? Or is it just something I'm doing because I feel, hey, you know, we're, all, we're supposed to do something. Man, keep it. Keep it. Now, go back with me to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis, the fourth chapter. This is where we were reading last week. And I wanted to set this up by reading Malachi because it gives insight into the thinking of God as to what was happening here in in Genesis 4, this is the account, you recall, 
where Cain and his brother Abel both brought offerings and it ended up in Cain killing Abel over the offering. And, and, and let, let's read again Genesis 4 verse 1 beginning there. Now Adam knew Eve his wife and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Cain, excuse me, Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain became very angry, and, 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 uh, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. And so we have a few firsts here, of course. First murder, this is the first recording of an offering. And we discussed some of that last week. I don't want to uh, review why they, were, why they were doing this. But what we can see, and many have been confused about this, what was the deal? Why did God accept Abel's offering, but he did not accept Cain's offering? But you can see by the spirit of the whole conversation and the language there, the Lord was not you know, set out to, to get Cain. To, to reject Cain. The Lord was doing just the opposite. He was endeavoring to instruct him to do it right. There is a right way and there is a wrong way to worship God. There is a right way and a wrong way to bring an offering, to bring a sacrifice to the Lord. And he was endeavoring to get him to do it the right way. He wasn't just being rejected. I believe the Lord also wants to help us to do things. If we're going to do it, do it right. If we're going to do it, do it in a way that brings honor to God so he will have respect for what we're doing. Okay? Now, uh, some have read this and have, have concluded that the reason... Abel's offering was better than Cain's is that, is that it, because it was a blood sacrifice, um, then that was, of course, significant in the forgiveness of sins. We know that was the case when the law came around because those things were types and shadows of the sacrifice, Jesus, the spotless lamb shed for, from the foundations of the world. But you know there's no mention of that at all here. I really don't believe that Abel's offering was superior to Cain's because it was actually an animal dying uh, for their sins. That's not mentioned that this offering was an offering for their sins. It's just Cain had animals. Uh, uh, Cain had crops. Uh, Abel had animals. They brought of what they had. How many know that's a still a scriptural principle today? Uh, it, it is. Uh, we give out of what we have, not out of what we don't have. Okay, whether that whether you're talking about finances, you're talking about gifts and abilities and so forth, whatever we, whatever we have to give, that's what we give from. So our gifts are not to be compared with another person in that regard. And I don't believe the Lord is comparing those gifts in that regard here, saying the animal is better than the crop. Okay, no, there was something different about it. And, I, and how many know the Lord's the same yesterday, today, and forever? 
Uh, and what we read about how he was not pleased with the priests in Malachi and what they were doing, that same principle is in play here. Okay? What was happening here is, I believe, and it mentions specifically that Abel's offering was of the first fruits of his, of his, uh, of his flock. He brought of the firstborn and of their fat. And then Cable and Cable. <laughs> Trying to save time. <laughs> Cain, he just brought something. Abel brought the first. Cain just brought something. And we know that they knew. Otherwise, God is unjust in calling them out. What Abel did is he looked over his, his animals and he looked at the firstborn. He looked at, the, he looked at his, his flock and he picked out one that was the best. He looked through there and said, look at this animal. Looking, you know, all animalish and stuff. And, you know, superior. It was a superior animal. It was something that was of value. It was one of the first. It was, it was one of the best. It was something that would bring honor to God. It was something that, according to this, God had respect for. He said, that's a sacrifice I can appreciate. He didn't go through and find the worst one, the skinniest, scrawniest, worth nothing, not able to produce anything and say, hey, let's have a sacrifice for the Lord. God knows what's going on in here. And so he found something that was what? Of value to him. Abel found something that was worth a lot to him. It was the best one in the bunch. How many understand that our giving should reflect that attitude? Not I'm looking for the smallest, the most minimal thing I can do. I want to bring something that from my heart honors God. I'm bringing my best. I'm bringing something of value, something of worth. And what Cain did was obviously not that. It was just, hey, grab this over here. Let's just let's bring something as an offering to the Lord. Let's just do, you know what I'm saying? You see what, where we're going here. Um, and Cain got angry. That's typical. I mean, that's the way the world operates. One person does right, another person does wrong. The person who does wrong is mad at the person who does right. It works that way in all, in, in all kinds of, uh, of areas. The, the, the unrighteous attack the righteous. Okay? That was, it was happening in the very first family here. But again, Abel's op- offering represented a, a heart that was right, while Cain's showed a heart that was wrong. If you read, there's a couple places in the New Testament that reference this specific instance. One of them is Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, and it reads this way, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So his was a better sacrifice. He offered something better than Cain did, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, uh, he being dead still speaks. So here's the deal. Abel could not have offered to God 
an offering that was more excellent, accepted and respected by God unless he knew what God wanted. He knew that God valued something if it was valuable to him. Because of that, he was able to give by faith. You understand, giving by faith includes the knowledge of God's will. Say, well, we can't ever know what God wants us to do. It's just all up to... If you can't know what God wants you to do, then you can't live by faith. If you can't live by faith, you can't please Him. He doesn't receive stuff. All right? It's not just about, about, the, about money. How many know there is no amount of money that you could give that would, that would impress God? There's nothing I could give that would Im, impress Him from a monetary value standpoint. He's God. Okay? Donald Trump couldn't impress him with a gift, with a gift. or you know, or Bill Gates. I'm not mentioning him because he's running for president. Uh, someone that we know is very wealthy. They cannot write God a check, and he say, "Whoa, that's a that's a lot of money." No, but what what he does have respect for is what that means to the person. If that is big, that means something. If that's a top-level, top-shelf, high-end, valuable sacrifice to the person, the Lord is impressed. Yeah, he has respect for it. But Abel's offering, it was done by faith. Cain's was not. He was not conscious. He was not concerned with what God wanted, what God respected, what God would receive. He's just... Well, we got to do, I guess this offering thing is a part of life. Let's just get, bring something to the Lord. Well, I'm a part of this church, and I always thought, I guess I probably should give something to the church. Uh, I guess it's good to give to poor people, you know, I'll, I'll do this. And, and, and people are not, not conscious of God's will in the matter. They're not conscious of, I, I, I'm doing this as an act of worship to my God. I respect Him. He's holy to me. And so what I give to Him is of, of importance. Amen. Again, like the prophet said, uh, Malachi if you gave that to he said if you gave that to your governor would they like that but you think i would the, the lord would like it hmm. and so faith made abel's offering acceptable he gave a more excellent offering and you know cain's offering wasn't mentioned abel's offering was mentioned to be first of the first fruits cain's there's no language of first in there anyway anywhere and so it wasn't first. It wasn't the best. It was just something. It was just leftovers. It was, you know, it was like they were doing later with the blind cow and, and all that nonsense. There is a connection directly here between bringing our best before God and faith. When I bring something that doesn't matter to me, that cannot be done in faith. Everybody okay? Here, here's, here's another reference. There's just a couple in the New Testament. It's 1 John 3 verse 12. It reads, uh, Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Cain was of the evil one. Now, what work was he talking about? His offering. What he offered to God. That's why he killed his brother, because his offering was pathetic, and his brother's was awesome. 
His brother brought an amazing, impressive offering to God, and his was pathetic, so he killed him. And what does it call in here? Don't, don't be like uh, Cain, who was of the wicked one. His works were evil. What was evil? His offering. Now, I know that might sound like strong language. It does to me. I'm thinking, wow, his offering was evil? But if we adapt our thinking, I, I really believe to be God conscious, to be aware of respect and honor, not just the natural side of this, not just comparing ourselves one to another. We shouldn't be doing that. What does my offering have to do with you? Nothing. How can I judge whether, whether you're offering to the Lord and how, what you sacrifice for God is of worth and value and it's, it's acceptable? It's not up to me. It's not up to me. And so I don't even need to know. But you know. I know concerning my own life, my own offerings to God. Is it honorable? Does it say you are God and you're, level, you're worthy of a God-level sacrifice from me and gift and offering to me? Or do I treat him as, well, let me just give you the change out of my pocket here. Give a little tip to God. Here's a mint. Now watch, if, if that's all someone had to give, if that was of value, or if so, someone is, put that mint in the offering, or give it to someone the Lord leads you to. Probably don't put your fingers all over it. <laughs> Bless you. But I'm serious, serious I, I mean, this gets into one of those areas where, you know, people again say, they may say, well, all that natural stuff, all that offerings, that doesn't matter to God. It's just all about, you know, just pray to Him. And just, I love the Lord just as much as anyone else. But all, all that talk about offering things to the Lord. Uh, where'd you get that thinking, though? That didn't come from Him. That didn't come from His Word. Huh? We need to be God-minded. Someone said, well, when I get, my, when I get some things together uh, in my life, when I get some things together, I recognize this will be something I can do. No, you can do it now if you have a mint. Huh? This, it's not, this is not about someone who's rich or someone who's poor. The Lord wants to involve you in His financial plan, in His system. And it's about honor. It's about respect. It's about giving. And if you have a mint, say, that's all I have to give. Then that sounds like a pretty good offering. That sounds like something that's of value to you, especially if you have, you know, bread breath or something. <laughs> Lord, I'm giving it to you. And watch, you'll reap, probably reap many mints in the future. <laughs> Amen. You see the point. I don't think there's, you know, sometimes people have this idea. Well, some people have a lot of money. And this is the way that, you know, they talk about it in the tax system and all that. And, you know, the rich need to pay more and all. That's not the way God thinks, by the way. That's not. Okay. Well, some people, they shouldn't give anything. Some people, if you're, the poor shouldn't be, they shouldn't be giving. They're the ones that absolutely should be giving. Yeah. It might not be impressive to someone else looking on, but that's not the deal. It's God who we're given to. Yeah. The poor most certainly. I mean, we should tell all the poorest people of the world, give your mints. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever there is, get involved with honoring God. Get involved with making him the most important and valuable person in your life. He holds the universe. You want him to be respected. 
And you want Him to receive what you give. Amen. So how would God even appreciate my, 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 my 50 cents, my $10? It's about the heart. It's about giving your best. It's about honoring Him. Amen. I would never be so cruel as to tell a person that came to our church, if you don't have much, don't give anything. I mean, how cruel would that be? To, dis- to take someone away from God's financial plan and say, no, you're poor, you can't worship God. So well, worship is not all about that. I know it's not all about that, but it is some about that. It absolutely are many ways. It is giving of ourselves in many ways. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Man, I have more to say. But according to this, bringing something insignificant to the Lord is evil. That would be considered evil. And, man, I want to honor the Lord. And I think we have people in here that says, man, I want to do things God's way. We're not just in here to go through the motions. And there's no one being asked for anything. Some said, I don't really like this. This kind of ticks me off a little bit today. What? I love you, but you and Cain. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. We're not asking anybody for anything. You're not being asked for any money. You're not being asked to give here. And if you say, I don't even like the way you're doing things around here, then find somewhere else that you do. Amen. Whatever. Uh, this is not about us, you know, this is not about emptying one person's pocket and patting someone else's pocket. We are talking about the Lord here. Amen. And if you'll be mindful of Him, He'll lead you and guide you. Amen. He'll direct your steps. But be conscious of that. Hallelujah.